Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Revolution. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 530 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Yes, they're trying to erase William Penn from Philadelphia, his hometown, because it was, uh, it's not politically correct enough for them. It's not woke enough. Even though he said he was a friend of the Indians and the Indians and the English should live in peace and harmony. But that's the problem. Uh, Nothing is good enough for the left ever, even if the guy was a progressive of his time. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Universities use DEI statements to enforce groupthink. DEI statements are political litmus tests that they have created. uh, And it is a real problem. Something that is affecting schools across this country. And if you think about it, too, the very, very essence and nature of individual liberty is that you can say and think what you want. However, for example, if you try to say something that the school doesn't like, they'll kick you out. There's something called INBAR. INBAR. It's an eminent, influential, and highly cited researcher with a PhD in social psychology from Cornell University. He's qualified. Anyone worth their salt doing work on political polarization knows Inbar's name. Inbar also jumped through all the hoops UCLA put up for his job, including submitting a diversity, equity, and inclusion statement, which is currently all the rage in colleges and universities. He shares the politics of the majority of the psychology department, but on his podcast, he expressed relatively mild concerns over the ideological pressures that DEI statements impose and wondered aloud whether they do harm to diversity of thought. As a result of this, UCLA did not hire him. And he's not the only academic that this has happened to. Far from it, as a matter of fact. Since 2014, an unprecedented number of college professors have been targeted, punished or fired for what they have said, published or taught. Meanwhile, colleges and universities are becoming even less ideological diverse than they already were. Professors around the country are reporting their speech chilled in an increasingly homogenous environment. And while you might expect universities to respond to this issue by making efforts to mitigate groupthink, the opposite has occurred. Over the past several years, universities across the country have decided it's time to add DEI statements as part of the hiring and review process. And while some argue that diversity, equity, and inclusion statements are not litmus tests, we think that defies common sense. 
Greg Lukianoff making this point from FIRE, the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. Here's Vassar College, for example. Vassar College's Office of the Dean of Faculty, all department and program hiring for tenure track and multi-year faculty positions are requesting all candidates to submit a diversity statement. And the statement should provide the candidates unique perspective on their past and present contributions to and future aspirations for promoting diversity, inclusion, and social justice in their professional career. The purpose of the diversity statement is to help departments and programs identify candidates who have professional experience, intellectual commitments, and or willingness to engage in activities that can help the college contribute to its mission in these areas. Now, why are you asking, say, like a potential physics professor for their prior, past, and future intellectual commitments to social justice? That is, unless you're looking to test their political outlook as a condition for their employment. See, the purpose of DEI statements is obvious, and professors know it. In 2022, the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression conducted a survey of about 1,500 university professors to gain their attitudes toward free expression on campus. About 50% said they believe DEI statements are political litmus tests that violate academic freedom. Ideological minorities on campus agree at even higher rates 56% of moderates and 90% of conservatives all say these DEI statements that universities make them fill out as professors are litmus tests to gauge if they agree with the groupthink of the university. I told you, colleges and universities no longer want to have debate on ideas. They are indoctrination camps, and they want everybody to graduate thinking the exact same thing. In order to achieve that, which is the thinking of the left, even John Fetterperson pointing out that Harvard is so pinko nowadays, uh, everybody has to believe the same thing. You can't have one pesky professor, say, in the science department who's challenging conventional wisdom on climate change, for example, maybe arguing that it's uh, happening because of the sun, or maybe arguing it's not happening at all, or maybe arguing that we're going into an ice age. Can't have that. Doesn't work. You can't have somebody challenge the notion of, say, biology by actually suggesting there's only two genders. Doesn't work. Can't do it. So you see, they use these DEI statements so they can make sure that everybody's conforming because the only way they can make sure that everybody graduates thinking the same is to make sure that all the professors are teaching everybody the same. Think about that. The ubiquity of DEI statements and the prevalence of social justice ideology on campus What may shock you is that in another study, about 23% of tenured or tenure track professors said that they saw DEI statements as ideological tests and that their use in this way is appropriate. So think about that. A quarter of professors on college campuses think it's no problem that these DEI statements are being used. They know they are ideological litmus tests and they're okay with it. They think it's healthy. They think it's good. They want groupthink. They want everybody thinking the same. See, colleges are bastions of leftism. They are. They're leftism, and they don't want anybody disagreeing with them in any way, shape, or form. That's why, you know, I laugh when all these different college presidents, whether it was Penn or Harvard or MIT, got blasted because they were allowing, you know, students to chant things that were anti-Semitic. And nobody who was a defender of freedom of expression ran to their defense because these people don't allow freedom of expression on their campuses. They don't allow students to have it. You'll get in trouble if you use the wrong pronoun. Uh, They won't allow their professors to have it. So 
when you censor, when you don't allow different beliefs and ideas to happen, then what ultimately occurs is that the speech that you do allow, you're going to get called out for it. Yeah, you're going to get criticized for that because that's the speech that you allowed. Now, these guys, the, the efforts that are underway right now to expose all the plagiarism at these campuses, they're only getting started, you know. They are only just getting started. Earlier today, I found out that this guy, Bill Ackman, Bill Ackman is a, um, he, he's really the guy that led the charge to get rid of Claudine Gay at Harvard. And that was excellent, by the way, that they were able to finally, finally get rid of her. And, and a, as you think about the exposing her for being a plagiarist, a serial plagiarist, somebody who would steal the ideas of other people and take those ideas and use them uh, as her own intellectual property. Well, it doesn't just end there. It only begins there. Bill Ackman is now leading the charge to do this everywhere. He's going after college presidents at every single level. He said he's just getting warmed up. And what they're actually going to do is they're going to actually use artificial intelligence to review all the academic writings of the people on the boards and college presidents of all these woke institutions to see if any of them plagiarized, if any of them used work without properly sourcing it. And because now Bill Ackman has a lot of money and he was destroyed, the corporate media tried to destroy him, and he's not playing that game, he is hell-bent on exposing this. So they're going to use artificial intelligence now to look into all the people who serve on the boards of Harvard and MIT and Penn, their presidents, all the board of regents. Any of you scholars steal anybody's intellectual work? Well, guess what? We're going to expose you. Because the only way to push back on colleges being these bastions of ideological indoctrination is to get rid of the people that are there. Because let's face it, the people that are there are the ones who are creating this. They've created this monster. They're fueling this monster. And that number of 25% of professors who think this is a good idea to have ideological litmus tests, that number will exponentially increase as time goes on. No question about it, unless you start to weed out the people that are the Claudine Gays of these various institutions. But in order to do that, you have to expose them for the hypocrites that they are. And Bill Ackman and others, Christopher Rulo, these people now, they are dogs on a bone. They are, they are not going to give this up. They are going to go after this and expose these people for the frauds that they are. Now, there was a 1987 decision called uh, Kievian v. Board of Regents, and the Supreme Court of the United States held that academic freedom is a special concern of the First Amendment, which does not tolerate laws that cast a hall of orthodoxy over the classroom. They extended this protection even to speech that was arguably treasonable, seditious, or advocating the overthrow of the government by force. In other words, what the court said was that Colleges are special places where you have to be able to have lots of different thought, challenging thought. I mean, the Federalist Papers are a great example of this. You know, a lot of the early political writings of the founders, these people were the very first insurrectionists. They were the revolutionaries. They decided to overthrow their government. Well, you could argue that reading that stuff today might be uh, tantamount to pushing for a rebellion of some sort. So the Supreme Court understood that academic freedom is a special concern. And um, this protection of speech has to go as far as possible. 
so that you could have debates over the merits of when it's okay for the, uh, you know, for the tree of liberty to every now and then be toppled over, you know, by the blood of the patriots. You could have that debate. You know, should governments be abolished every 20 years? Jefferson thought of that at one point. You know, maybe every 20 years you should have to overthrow the government and start over. Like You should be able to have those conversations in college political philosophy class without worrying about uh, somebody marching in and arresting you for advocating revolution or rebellion or insurrection or something like that. But the problem that you have today is that the DEI statements that they're forcing these college professors to write would, would essentially now create a absolute orthodoxy that would believe in the same thing where you could not challenge any intellectual thought. Everybody would be there to indoctrinate their students. <clears throat> so, for example, you know, if you were to sit there and you'd argue and have a bunch of people sitting around in a, in a philosophy class, for example, you know, debating the merits of advocating for the rights of women, why that would be a strong philosophy. You know, to be somebody who's a feminist and to advocate for the rights of women and why saying no to biological men in sports is actually a good thing for women. You know, it's a good thing for women to do. And it's a good thing for men to get behind that in the name of protecting women's rights. Well, that's not going to pass the DEI smell test. You know what I mean? That's not going to pass the DEI spell test. So that de- that intellectual debate is not going to be allowed. Instead, it will be replaced with indoctrination, which says that science tells us that biological men can be women and that women who don't agree to that have some sort of mental problem and need to have re-education camp. You know, the idea of debating whether or not it's misogynistic to allow a man to take the place of a woman on a women's team or that you are engaging in some, like say you had a philosophy class and you were debating Immanuel Kant in his works where he talked about the, uh, the, the reason why you should never lie. You know, Kant was this believer in this idea of, of, uh, of truth for its own sake, right? So, you know, you, you, you'd read Kant, you'd argue about his theories on this. Like there was this one example he gave, you know, uh, philosophers would argue about if, you know, there's an axe murderer in your house uh, and uh, somebody's hiding from the axe murderer, you know, the, do you lie to the axe murderer? If the axe murderer says, you know, where's where's that person? Do you tell the axe murderer or do you lie to the axe murderer? You know, what would Immanuel Kant say? And, you know, the the, the philosophical answer might be, well, if you lie to him, and then he winds up going in the room uh, and kills that person. It might be on you. Whereas if you tell him the truth where the person is, and by the time that the guy with the axe got there and got out, then uh, you haven't violated anything. And you, you'd have debates like that, right? You know, when, when, when is it okay to lie? You know, when, when does it serve a greater good to lie? You know, when do you, when can you violate Kant's principles that you should never lie? Well, you could argue that you're, Forcing people to engage in a lie if they say that a man is a woman and that violates the fundamental truth and therefore it's wrong in its own sake because you're forcing somebody to perpetuate a lie. That debate will not be had in philosophy class. Not anymore. You know what I mean? Not anymore. Like this philosophy minor, if I were in college today, I would not have that debate. That debate would not exist because you're allowing the notion that this may be a lie. What was this now that your Harvard philosophy class concluded? 
We uh, we discussed this in one of my philosophy classes when we were learning about deontological ethics, and basically what was concluded, it was in Michael Sandel's class, and uh, the conclusion was that you're supposed to offer a misleading truth. So you're mm. not supposed to flat out lie, but you're also not supposed to concede that the person that the axe murderer is looking for is actually in your house. So you, you did the axe murderer thing too yeah, in your philosophy yeah. class. It's a very interesting Question, is it not? I thought it was great, yeah. I lo- it's, uh, honestly, it might be my favorite class that I've, t- I've ever taken. My, my answer was, it depends on how much I like the person. <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody, the next murderer is looking for a guy in your house, you know where he's hiding. The question is, how much do I like that person or not? Sorry, that's the incorrect answer. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to say something like, oh, I think I saw him at the train station, which may be true, but you saw him at the train station, I don't know, 10 days ago. Right. Yeah. But it's still not the truth. It's just, You're playing semantics, though, aren't you? It's a you? misleading truth. It's a yeah. misleading truth. It's like, does this dress make me look fat? Or- I mean, that was Immanuel Kant's one exception when, when, when you're always supposed to lie. <laughs> he literally write, wrote about that. If a woman asks, does this dress make me look fat? <laughs> That's the one time, yeah, you know. A whole chapter in metaphysic, metaphysics and morals, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just one word. The whole chapter, it's <laughs> lie. One time. Never, never answer that one, honestly. The one guy who did uh, was the axe murderer, by, by the way, because he wound up going crazy from the amount of tears. <laughs> and he became an axe murderer for that. Uh, very cool. All right, nice. Uh, so where, so Dr. Wilford Riley's blowing us off. I don't know. I haven't heard from him. I texted him. I haven't heard back. I called. I didn't hear back. Hmm. I know he has a lot of meetings with students, so it's possible he's just held up in a meeting. You got any, you got any other? Uh, all right. So I'm going to be on Jesse Waters tonight at 825 p.m. I will be talking about William Penn. Ooh. Cool. Big time. Yeah. So that'll be tonight at 825 p.m. Which means I got to get out of here. I got to put on a suit. I don't have one on. <laughs> I'm not even wearing pants today, let alone. You should just do the interview in a t-shirt. I mean, I could, but I'd rather rock like, if I'm going to do a t-shirt, I'd, I'd rather be like, have like Reagan on it or something. You know what I mean? You should wear as the Oli Army t-shirt. I could do that. Mm. Promote. I could I could, I could, could wear Zioli Army, but maybe I'll just throw on a tie and a shirt instead. I'll put the little Zioli Army pin on. What do you think? Can I march in the background with a sign saying buy tickets to see Rich and Terry Hayes? I don't think you're going to have to advocate, advocate it too far, but I think it's going to sell very quickly. It seems like people are already jumping on tickets now. I mean, Terry Hayes is, we're going to replay the interview with him later at 630 because now I have to get out of here to go home and change to do Jesse Waters show. And of course, it's the day that I'm actually in Philadelphia. So I got to drive back to Jersey, <laughs> put on a shirt and tie to drive back to Philly what you get for coming to work yeah i know it's what i get for coming in for town hall meetings that turned out to all be on zoom anyway <laughs> i didn't read the email closely enough <laughs> i thought we had a big town hall meeting today here at odyssey and then at the very bottom of it it's there's a zoom link i'm like oh this is awkward just me and some tumbleweed in the freaking you know hallway over there <laughs> the hell is everybody it's, it's on zoom yeah it's monday it's on zoom so you know and, and and now I got to go back, so I got to pay, it's two tolls today. Two two freaking tolls, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But you get to be a big TV star. You see that? It's big price, time. It's the price you pay. It's the price you pay for fame and fortune, what can I say?
Well, <laughs> fame, maybe, not fortune, not, a, <laughs> not, not, not currently anyway. In fact, I'll be, after that, I'll be selling some plasma on the streets if anybody needs to buy plasma. <laughs> Speaking of plasma, Dr. Fauci, I don't know why this is a transition, but Dr. Fauci, Asanto Fauci, Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, you always have to say that by law, uh, testified today before the House Select Subcommittee on the Origins of COVID. Closed doors, but do we have any transcripts out yet from Asanto Fauci? I haven't seen anything yet, but I'll keep checking. The COVID Select Subcommittee on Twitter, sometimes they, uh, they might put some stuff out there. Um, Brad Wenstrup is terrific, the chairman of that. He's, he's great. And, I mean, he, he pledged to get to the truth here. He pledged to go after and get Fauci on the record, and he was not going to relent on this. And, and he got, finally, got, finally got Fauci there. No, I mean, I'm I'm thrilled by the fact that they would not give up on this. I think it's really important. And speaking of uh, of of COVID, you know, all the things about this, I wanted to share this with you real quick. Um, there are some people out there who are uh, insane, and I don't know if they're insane because they are born that way. I don't know if they're made that way, but I do have a theory, which is that the woker you get the crazier you get. Which is why woke Howard Stern has completely lost his mind. And what I mean by that is, at one point, he was the guy that entertained the working man. He was, uh, he was Donald Trump before Trump was, was Trump. You know what I mean? He was the guy to say whatever he wanted. He was on the radio every day. He was hysterical. He was funny. People loved him. And then all of a sudden, something happened, and he went woke. And then he went insane. And even though he was a germaphobe before, when COVID happened, he literally never left his house for years. He has lived in his basement. He's been terrified to leave the house. Terrified. Terrified to leave his house. He would not leave the house. And then he got the COVID vaccine, I think, 18 times. Was boosted, what, 42 times, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And woke Howard Stern came down with COVID. And this is a guy who screamed about wearing a mask all the time, screamed about getting uh, vaccinated all the time. And now woke Howard Stern, prayers, thoughts and prayers for him. He has COVID. Now, do we have the audio of him explaining how he had COVID? No, it hasn't been posted yet, unfortunately. All right. Well, as soon as we get that, we'll bring that to you. But this is an example of what I mean by uh, people who go woke. And I think he might have always been, and maybe it was just an act. I don't know. Or maybe for him, the temptation to hang out at the Hamptons and drink Chablis, you know, and have all those people accept him. Like the Jimmy Kimmel's of the world and all these big celebrities except him just made him go to the left or maybe he always was there. I don't know. You know, for a while, what I always liked about Howard Stern back in the day was he seemed like a libertarian. He seemed very much like have the government leave me alone. He was always very pro gun. You know, he he wanted he wanted people and, and he fought the government, fought the FCC because the FCC would always try to shut him down. And I always loved that. And then at some point along the way, he became the thing he used to joke. I mean, he became the guy he used to make fun of. And then he lost his audience. And I don't know who still listens to him anymore. I really don't. I find him infuriating because I know that either the whole thing was an act all those years or he just became the guy that was the character that he used to mock everybody about. Like the like the smug elite guy who was better than everybody and knew everybody better and and, and hung out with famous people and and wanted to kiss their you know, their butts all day and everything like that. Like Howard Stern became that person. And his his hatred of Trump, and then it extended to Trump voters, where woke Howard Stern hated Trump voters. Oh my God. I mean, he hated, you know, he would, and th- this was his audience. 
you know, got working class people, blue collar people who all voted for Trump. Howard Stern just completely hated all those people, too. Would call them ignorant and rednecks and mock them and belittle them and constantly would do those things all the time. And then for years would scream about people not wearing masks. People were going out. Even as of last year, he was going on about how he was afraid of catching COVID, was telling people that they're being selfish. They should stay home and blah, blah, blah. And then he got COVID. <laughs> and it's just it's just it's it's just it's interesting to me that this happens because, you know, you you live in fear and you change your life. You become paralyzed by something and then you try to impose your will on other people because you're so afraid of something. And despite all your efforts, despite everything, you wind up getting it because you really can't stop something like a virus. You know what I mean? If you want to live your life, like you may get sick, like it's just life, you know, like you may get sick, but this is part of the woke mindset, right? If I, if the government can control everything, if I can tell you where to go and what to do, and if for my benefit, I can force you to wear a mask, I can force the store to close, I can force this or force that, then, uh, then I'll be, I'll be safe. And then if anybody objects to those things, you're being selfish and I'll tell you what to do and I'll force you to get a vaccine and I'll force you to, to do whatever uh, I want you to do all in the name of protecting me. And then I wind up getting it anyway. And guess what? Lo and behold, I survive. <laughs> after all that, after all that, after all the controls, after all the efforts are made to try to get people to do what I want them to do, after all of that, I still get it. And yet I live. I survive. I mean, I just imagine that. Isn't that something? What if uh, Howard Stern's the one with the body double, like John Fetterman? Because he changed so much too? Yeah, just over Possible. Just like that. He's never left his house, right? You said since this started. We don't know what he, what he looks like anymore, what he's doing. Right. It's possible that maybe both John Fetterperson and Woke Howard Stern are, in fact, body doubles from their original person. Like Howard Stern just decided one day that he was done and wanted to retire and just had somebody else take over. It could be AI for all we know. He's doing could it be AI. Basement. And then that person just got woker and woker. Because it's, it's hard to match up the Howard Stern of today from the Howard Stern of the mid-90s, for example. Isn't it? Totally. It's, it's like a totally different person. Unless, unless all that was just an act back then. I don't know. But see, that's the thing. You don't know what's really an act. Do you think he regrets basically locking himself away for three plus years? And, and then, then getting COVID getting anyway? COVID anyway and being fine? Yeah, because I would think if you're that afraid of it, and then you, 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 still, you still wind up getting COVID... You're going to really feel like you messed up when you could have gone out years ago, gotten COVID maybe, and then, I don't know, still lived your life and maybe got COVID again like a lot of people have. Like I've never had it, but I know people who've had it multiple times. But every time they, they, they still, they've survived, they've lived their life. All, the, all you do when you wind up eventually leaving the house and then you get, catch COVID is you got to regret <laughs> the fact that you missed all these years, right? Or maybe no, maybe it's just a great excuse because you just hate being outside. Maybe you really just hate people that much. It's just an excuse to just stay away from people. I am curious to see that now that he has had it and he has immunity from this existing strand, whether or not he'll continue to lock himself away or if he'll rejoin society. That, that's the big question. What did he say in the article that I sent you, which I guess they don't have? Um... He said that it was the only quote that I saw was that he had it and it was really bad. <sighs> But now he's okay. By the way, uh, Manrico T says, Rich, instead of doing all that driving, why not drop downstairs and buy a new shirt and tie from Boyd's or Joseph A. Bank and look like a new man? 
probably would be close to a break-even situation. No sales tax on clothing in Pennsylvania. Problem is the jacket's not going to fit me. There's no way. I'd have to go to like Gap Kids or something <laughs> to get it to fit. You know what I mean? You might be able to find a jacket that fits you, but I don't know if you'll be able to find one that fast. Uh, you'll probably obviously need it tailored. Unless yeah. you get lucky, but what are the odds you're going to get lucky? No, I don't want to look. I don't want to look like a. Maybe I'll go in in a hoodie and uh, and and shorts like Fetterman. Maybe I'll rock the Fetter person tonight on Jesse Waters prime time. I could do that. That'd be an interesting strategy, right? Nikki Haley's town halls at six. So what time is that wrapping up? I hope I don't get bumped. No, I won't get bumped. Right? It's only an uh, hour. Nah, I can't imagine. All right. How many people are tuning into that anyway? That's a good point. I mean, I feel like I'm a political junkie, and even I'm done with these town halls and debates. They're oh, pointless yeah, totally. at this point. We know who the nominees are going to be. Well, the big story of the day is that I'm going on Jesse Waters' primetime tonight at uh, 8.30. So tune into that on the Fox News channel. That big story is brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria. <laughs> VenariaDental.com. You will see my wonderful smile. On Jesse Waters, primetime tonight at 8.30 on Fox News. Thank you, Dr. Mike Venaria, for my beautiful Fox News smile. The big story of the day was just a shameless plug. Yeah, that's the big story of the day. (laughs) Big story of this hour is that I'm going on Jesse Waters, primetime tonight. That's the big story brought to you by (laughs) VenariaDental.com. Obviously, we don't plan these things in advance. Whatever comes to my mind, so... Uh, all right, listen, I will uh, be rushing back to change, but it's okay because my Volvo is very fast, my Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo. So I'll be fine, and uh, I'm excited for you because this is a great opportunity right now to get your hands on a Volvo, a beautiful one, a beautiful S60 courtesy Volvo for less than $29,000. It's an incredible opportunity to experience luxury for less. These are courtesy S60s with less than 5,000 miles on them, They are selling right now for less than $29,000. There are a limited number available, so don't wait on this one. Right now, Cherry Hill Volvo is undergoing a massive renovation to their dealership in order to serve you even better. They are open, have ample inventory, and are ready to meet you today. So why not start the year off with the luxury vehicle you deserve? Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvos are like nothing else because we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios. They support us, and we stand with them. It's a great time to visit with many incredible incentives available. Again, hurry to Cherry Hill Volvo to get a courtesy S60 Volvo for less than $29,000. Cherry Hill Volvo is the most accessible Volvo dealer to Philly and South Jersey right across the bridge. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team look forward to meeting you. Cherry Hill Volvo is where relationships matter. And by the way, these courtesy vehicles are the ones that would be used to pick up uh, people if they drop their car off for maintenance or perhaps they'll give it to you as a loaner. So they have less than 5,000 miles. They're in beautiful condition. At that price, $29,000, you simply cannot beat that. The S-Class is made in South Carolina at their plant there. American jobs, American labor, beautiful car. The 29 grand, less than $29,000? Come on, this is, a, this, is, this is absolutely a no-brainer. So go there today. Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, right across the bridge where relationships matter. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is the only show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Now, as the uh, show continues along today, Joe Biden said something that's another huge lie, of course. We'll get to that with you. And, um, uh, you know, as I as I'm thinking about the uh, upcoming town hall meeting with Nikki Haley tonight, I'm happy that Donald Trump called her out for being a globalist because she is a globalist. No question about it. And I don't like this idea that that uh, Nikki Haley's gaining all this traction. I really don't. It bothers me. I'm worried about it. And I think what's going to happen is that uh, the way it's looking anyway, DeSantis will underperform in Iowa and New Hampshire. And that will be that he'll endorse Trump, which is smart of him to do. And then it'll wind up being a two person race with Haley and Trump. Uh, The establishment's behind her solidly, obviously. We know that. And this is the problem because they want to do anything they possibly can to stop him. And I, I, you're going to hear a lot of people get ready for this in the next couple of weeks. If my prediction is correct on this, you're going to hear a lot of people in the next couple of weeks. who are going to tell you that Nikki Haley is the reasonable Republican that can win and that they would be OK with and the Democrats would like and they'll be OK with. And they part of that is 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 what they always do. It's the setup. It's the they did this with McCain. You know, what I mean, they did this with Romney. It's like, oh, they're the reasonable Republican. We like them. And then. They get the nomination and then just they just kill them. You know what I mean? They just pile on and kill them because w- maintaining and winning power is, means more than anything. However, there is a problem. And the problem is Joe Biden. Democrats are now questioning whether Biden should even agree to debate Trump. So you see, I could see Democrats making the grand bargain where they would back Nikki Haley, knowing that she'll at least keep the war in Ukraine going for them, which she's committed to do. And uh, then they don't have to worry about replacing Biden. And then they can they can they can live with her because at least at least it blocks Trump. I I could I could see that occurring. And Republicans would jump on board with that uh, without realizing that they would be. Going backwards in terms of the kind of candidate that they're getting in a big way and that this would be a trap to just make sure that Trump does not win. And they make they may make that bargain. Democrats may make that grand bargain because. You know, the story from TheHill.com today is basically Democrats question whether Biden should agree to debate Trump. I've said this before. As bad as Biden is today, how much worse does Biden get in the fall? You know, when September, October comes around and the debates happen, how much worse does he get? How much worse is he by then? James Clyburn said, I would think twice about it. He's also very concerned. James Clyburn is very concerned about Biden standing with black voters. And... (laughs) You know, he tells Jake Tapper he's not worried, but he's concerned. But that's code for we have a massive problem. This is a break the glass moment for Democrats here without question. Cut number seven. Well, I'm not worried. I'm very concerned. And I have sat down with President Biden. I don't know. I saw those reports. I've also seen at least one report indicating 
that I have sat down uh, with President Biden, and I did uh, with him, uh, and I've uh, told him what my concerns are. I have no problem with the Biden administration and what it has done. My problem is that we have not been able to break through uh, that MAGA wall in order to get to people exactly what this president has done. That MAGA wall, to can't break through that MAGA wall. Well, that MAGA wall is tough to penetrate. What can I tell you, Congressman Clyburn? But I think the bigger problem is you can't get Democrats on board. That's really the problem. You can't get the people that were Biden's core people, black voters, Hispanic voters. You can't get them on board. Forget MAGA. Forget converting MAGA people. That's never going to happen. But you're you're losing two core groups that you need, and that is black voters and Hispanic voters. Here's NBC. It's all hands deck moment. Kristen Welker on Meet the Press as they find out now that Barack Obama and Biden had lunch in December. And Obama is very concerned, as he should be very concerned. Because he's really the president and he's worried about losing the presidency because the guy who's the candidate, Joe Biden, is going to lose. Cut number eight. As President Biden ramps up his general election campaign, there are new warning signs. The Washington Post reporting former President Obama has raised questions about the structure of President Biden's reelection campaign. Two sources confirmed to NBC News that Obama and Biden met over lunch in December and discussed the campaign, with Obama expressing deep concern about Mr. Trump's political strength. Underscoring the urgency, one source telling me this is an all-hands-on-deck moment. An all-hands-on-deck moment? I wonder why. I wonder if it could be the border. You think that could be the border? CBS poll has found out that many Americans right now consider this to be either a crisis or a very serious situation. But how big is that number, you might ask? Is it like 10 percent, 15 percent? Cut number nine. Our polling also shows that three in four Americans see the situation at the U.S.-Mexico border as either a crisis or a very serious situation. That 45% is a notable increase. 75% of Americans, 75%. In fact, the Democrat mayor, uh, his name is Mike Johnston, was talking about this issue of how bad the immigration problem is. Again, this is a Democrat mayor. This is, you know, you have these local Democrats who are speaking out. I've told you before about the dichotomy that exists. On the national level, Democrats love open borders. All right, come on in. This is how we transform America. By making all, letting everybody come into the country and then we'll give them amnesty someday. We'll make them all vote Democrat. We'll give them mail in ballots and that'd be the end of it. But locally, the Democrat leaders or elected officials, I should say, in these cities who have to actually deal with it, they're not happy about it because Greg Abbott stepped up and said, well, you got to share the burden. So I'm going to start sending them to your cities, your little sanctuary havens. And now these Democrat mayors turn around and go, we didn't want these people here. We'd be like, wait, whoa, whoa, that whole open invitation thing, the drop in. No, we didn't really mean that. And this is a problem. I know we said you can come by anytime you like, but this is awkward. We have no snacks in the cabinet and I have nothing prepared. And I wish I knew you were coming. That's basically the mentality now of every single Democrat mayor. So the, the, this, this dichotomy between what the National Democrat Party Marxist ideals are just open borders and then the actual people on the ground who have to deal with that since greg abbott had the audacity to send these people to their cities 
It's another great example of this. Here's another Democrat mayor. Cut 10. And it is unsustainable in the current structure when we have 30 or 40,000 people arriving without work authorization, without federal support, it is going to be a huge strain on cities. Uh, But that doesn't mean we can't uh, solve it. We could solve it if we actually had work authorization for folks that came, if we had resources at the border so that you could adjudicate these asylum claims faster. We have folks that arrive in Denver and their court dates are 2029. It's five years out because the courts are so backlogged. Yeah, courts are backlogged. You, you, and that's the thing. You, you get a court date. They're like, all right, listen, we, you, you got to come back in five years. Or else what exactly? Or, um, nothing, but you really should come back in five to seven years. <laughs> <laughs> We're asking you nicely. It's like an IOU from Dumb and Dumber. And this one's for a Lamborghini. You're going to want to hang on to this one. Was it a Lamborghini or a Ferrari? I forget. Lamborghini, right? Uh, I'm hesitant to say that I've never seen that movie. You've never seen I Dumb and Dumber? Yelled at. You two are basically the embodiment <laughs> of that movie. In I've that, never seen it. In I've that, never seen it either. Oh, your generation is lost. <laughs> I know the one scene, though. You're lost. It's a lovely accent. New Jersey? <laughs> uh, Austria. Ah, put another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> Oh, he's got the IOUs, and he's like, this one's for a Lamborghini. You're going to want to hang on to that one. Think of court date. This one's for seven years. You're going to want to come back for that. Or else what? Um, We're going to say, pretty please? We'll call you? We have a number? Uh, Sure. I'll give you a phone number. Um, Does it... You, you want the track phone number that I just bought at 7-Eleven, or what? You want that, that number? Probably not going to have this phone in seven years, but you can have it. Yeah, we'll call you on that track phone that you just bought, that disposable track phone that you bought at 7-Eleven in El Paso. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott made the point about, how did you, have you guys not seen Dumb and Dumber? That infuriates me. Uh, I'm not a Why, big... he's not in subtitles? Santa, throw the subtitles on and watch it tonight. <laughs> I'm not a big Jim Carrey fan. I am not either. He annoys really? me, but that movie's hysterical. I don't find him funny at all. He's funny in that movie, though. The movie's funny. Maybe I'll watch it. Give it a shot. I'm not committing to anything. Yeah, it's not that I have anything against it. I just don't know. I haven't seen it. I'm not. I, I Jim Carrey grates on me lately, but that back then that movie was very funny, and Jeff Daniels really makes it, in my opinion. I'll lie and say that I intend to watch it just to appease you in this moment, and uh, now I'll hope that you forget that we had this conversation because I, I don't want to see it. You can watch it tonight, or you can watch me on Jesse Waters at 8:25, <laughs> which is the big story of the day today. <laughs> Brought to you by Venaria Dental. <laughs> Is that going to be our big story in the six o'clock hour? Most too? likely. <laughs> I would bet on that. <laughs> <sighs> what are we going to call Pennsylvania if we get rid of William Penn's name? Well, that's a good point. My buddy Joe Howard, Joe Howard said uh, it'll be not Sylvania or none Sylvania. That's pretty good. None Sylvania. I like not Sylvania. Uh, that sounds too close to Nazi. Yeah, you're right. It's true. We could go all vampire and call it Transylvania. There isn't really a place called Transylvania, is there? It's an area, I think, in Europe. Is it? I don't think they, yeah, I don't think, no, if they were. Uh, it's like not that. a real place, though, is it? Yeah, right? Am I wrong with that? Well, yeah. uh, if we call ourselves Transylvania, then don't we get stuck with Nancy Pelosi? There's That's a, true. There's a Transylvania University in Kentucky, I know that much. Can I say that you're trans? If you go, if uh, you go, hey, I'm like, what you say, New Jerseyans. Pennsylvanians, can I say tran- trannies? Can I say that, or would that not work? If, would, would you, would, would, would you get canned? Would, would you call pen- someone from Pennsylvania a penny? 
I don't know. No, you'd say Pennsylvania, but if it was Transylvania, you'd go, you're a bunch of trannies. Well, I'm pretty sure there's already Same a Transylvania in, in Central Europe, so I, I don't think we can... I don't think it's a real place. Look it up and see if it's an actual it geographical real. place. Let's see. Transylvania. Yeah, I'm almost positive. The birthplace yeah. of Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> yeah, Central Europe. Where? Which country? Is it an Romania. actual country? No, it's Romania. It's near Romania. It's Romania. It's not a real place. I think it's like a village. It's like, you know, they... They pro- the town probably calls itself that now. <laughs> probably like a section of the town. You know, like they'll, they'll say it's in the blank section, the Mayflower section, whatever, you know what I mean? It's like that. And there is a Transyl- Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky. See that? Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> anyway, I don't think we can rename Pennsylvania Transylvania. Ah. Uh. <laughs> this right, concludes fine. the geography portion of the Rich Zioli show. I don't understand. I I, do, I just I just don't understand why you people would be so incredibly obtuse to watching Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I feel like that's a movie I would have seen like growing up, but I don't know, it just never was on. That makes sense. I don't know. Well, you can watch it tonight, or watch me on Jesse Waters at eight twenty-five p.m. I'm gonna watch the national championship, or that too. <laughs> You have options. And the Flyers, too. You have options. Oh, yeah, you are going against the national championship. I see Jimmy Fallon just he texted me a picture of himself. He's, he, he's, it's, they're taking pictures of him in front of the billboard they have for him in Times Square. There's a billboard for Jimmy at, outside of the Marriott Marquis, and it says, Fox News Saturday night with Jimmy Fallon, Saturday's 10 p.m., and there's a quote from him on the giant billboard, trust me, I can't believe they gave me a show either. <laughs> That's very funny. Fox News America's watching. Very cool that they're doing that. You got you to gotta appreciate when a company actually advertises for one of its hit shows. <laughs> Do you think you'll be getting a billboard? Uh, well, I've only been asking for how many years now? It should be the Zioli show, Chicks Dig Us, based on the ratings, based on the ratings that memo that came out. Technically, that is accurate. The chicks do dig the Rich Zioli show. That's what it should say. It should be a picture of my face. It should say, chicks dig me. Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. Monday through, and it should put like most Fridays. Like in in parentheses. (laughs) Monday through most, and then Fridays. Be perfect on that big billboard out on Market Street over there. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I I imagine they'll, they'll invest in that any moment now. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure they're just working out the details as we speak. Yeah, they're minor details, but they'll they'll get in on them. So, and my buddy just said, it's Romania, you dumbass. No, Romania is a country. Transylvania is not a country. Transylvania is not a... I don't think it's a real place, is my point. Would somebody call Nancy Pelosi's I, office and ask her... I think it'd be like saying you're from, like, Appalachia. It's a region, exactly. It's a region, okay, but yeah. but it's not a but it's but it doesn't but it's not a, it's not an actual geographic like it doesn't it's not a town. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. You know there. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a region where people have called it Transylvania, but it's not like the post office says Transylvania six five whatever that right. movie was with Gene Wilder from years ago. You know what I mean? It says here it is a region, a cultural and historical region in Central Europe, encompassing Central Romania. So yeah, it'd be like your your point is it'd be like Appalachia or Appalachia, however they say it. It'd yeah. Be like that. But it's not it's not actually a town or you know what I'm saying? It's not that. Yeah. That's that was my point. That was my point. It wasn't like, you know, I live on one main street, Transylvania, Romania. <laughs> you know? 
that's the only point I was making, but <laughs> And so we could call it. We could we could actually have it. I'm just, you know, I'm throwing this out there for us. All right, 855-839-1210. Big six o'clock hour coming up. I'll talk to Dr. Victoria Coates. She's a local Philly girl. Get her take on the uh, effort to cancel William Penn. Plus, uh, Joe Biden says something ig- ig- uh, completely uh, ignorant and an absolute lie. Shocking. I'll share that with you as well. And speaking of the vampiric one, Nancy Pelosi says the only way to solve Biden's border crisis is to honor our responsibilities in terms of asylum. We'll get to that as well. But listen, I'm going to tell you about my friends at Emmons Roofing and Siding. They are the absolute best at what they do. Roofing, siding, doors, windows, and yes, kitchen and bathroom remodeling as well. For years, I've been talking about the great work my friends Stephanie and Matt and the entire team at Emmons have done for me and my home. And now Emmons can bring that same quality of work to all of your kitchen and bathroom remodeling needs. Emmons Roofing has really become an all-in-one stop for all your roofing, siding, windows, solar, and now baths and kitchens. Trust the team at Emmons that I have used in my own home. Do you have a property at the shore? Well, have a team at Emmons come out and take a look at the roof today because small winter leaks can lead to big costly repairs when the warm weather returns. Call 856-556-3229 today for a free estimator online at emmonsroofing.com or visit the Emmons Design Showroom in Cherry Hill. That's emmonsroofing.com and be sure to tell them I sent you. Emmonsroofing.com, the company I've used for six years. They did my roof, did my windows, doors. They remodeled our kitchen, remodeled our bathroom, and all the work has been top notch. So if I've trusted them for all those projects, you know they're going to be great and do great work for you. Emmonsroofing.com. Rich Seoli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.